This is The Guardian. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. heard Tuesday's episode on the gut microbiome, you'll know that our bodies contain trillions of microbes, bacteria, viruses, fungi, that play a crucial role in every part of our lives, but that we're only just beginning to understand. It's your kind of sixth sense, literally your sixth sense. It interacts with everything in your your environment. To me, it's the key to absolutely everything. One area that scientists are very excited about, but remains shrouded in mystery, is the vaginal microbiome. So when we talk about the vagina, that's this muscular tube that is between the outside, and the outside is the vulva, and then the inside is the vagina that connects to the uterus and then to the other reproductive organs like the ovaries. Anyone who has a vagina will know they can be a bit of a problem area. Thrush, bacterial vaginosis, urinary tract infections. But now researchers are learning just how big of a player microbes are in women's health. When we come to women's health in general, there is very little research and we know much less about these mechanisms than we know about other parts of human biology. So, in today's episode of our special three-part mini-series, we're investigating the vaginal microbiome and how understanding it could change our perspective on everything, from fertility to period products and safe sex. From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this 
is Science Weekly. I will use a pile of my Volva books to, <laughs> <laughs> to get it in the, in the right <laughs> position. So. Perfect. Very appropriate. Yep. <laughs> That's Ina Schupper-Koistinen, an Associate Professor and Alliance Director of the Centre for Translational Microbiome Research at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden and author of the beautiful book, Vulva, Facts, Myths and Life-Changing Insights. She says the vaginal microbiome is her favourite topic. So what would I expect to find in a healthy one? A healthy vaginal microbiome is dominated by bacterial species that we call lactobacilli. And lactobacilli are bacteria that produce lactic acid. So those bacteria, they lower the pH in the vagina. And with that, they protect us from other invading bacteria. They also produce other compounds that kill off bacteria that shouldn't be there. So they produce like hydrogen peroxide and small peptides that protect us. And when it comes to other body parts, like the gut microbiome, we also talk about the more diverse this is, the more healthy we are. But in the vagina, it's the opposite. So the less diverse or the more dominated by lactobacilli species the vagina is, the more healthy we are. So you want a vaginal microbiome that's dominated, as you say, with this type of bacteria, lactobacillus. But how variable is the vaginal microbiome, you know, is it going to change over somebody's monthly cycle? Is it going to change over the course of their lifetime? Yeah, it does. So if we start from the very beginning, when a baby girl is born, then it still has the mother's estrogen in her blood. And that lasts for a couple of weeks. And during that time, the vagina is colonized with lactobacilli. But since the baby girl is not able to produce its own estrogen in considerable levels, this lactobacilli dominance will disappear and the vaginal microbiota is a little bit more diverse. But when the girl comes into puberty and the estrogen levels increase, then the dominance of lactobacilli increases. And that is kind of the healthy state for women during the reproductive years. But when we come to a later phase and a woman encounters menopause and passes menopause, then the estrogen levels decrease again. And that also leads to a more diverse vaginal microbiota. But there are many other factors like menses. If you have blood in the vagina, then blood, which has a neutral pH, also increases the vaginal pH and it adds nutrients to the bacteria which are less favorable. And another is the effect of sex and unprotected penetrating sex uh, because the, the semen fluid also has a higher pH and contains other nutrients. So there are many factors and not all of them are actually known. So this is an active field of research to understand what is really normal and what are the factors that influence both to the good and bad. And on those factors, what about antibiotics? Because that was a big issue when we heard about the gut. And I've definitely spoken to women before who, whenever they take antibiotics, end up with thrush. So I assume they can throw the vaginal microbiome off balance as well. 
Yeah, and this is a really, really big issue because antibiotics kill off even the good bacteria and the lactobacilli and the vagina are sensitive to some antibiotics. So when the balance is disrupted, then it's easier for fungi or Candida albicans is the most common type of fungi we have in the vagina to take over and overgrow and then lead to thrush and and, and really acute infection. And what about lifestyle factors? We know that what we eat affects the gut. Does that impact the vaginal microbiome too? Everything related to an unhealthy lifestyle also, of course, has consequences in the female reproductive organs and, and the vaginal microbiota. So smoking has a negative effect and uh, general like obesity and, and lifestyle-related diseases. But also our gut health and the gut microbiome influences the composition of the vaginal microbiome because we have maybe one and a half or something like that kilograms of gut bacteria in our gastrointestinal system. And um, maybe 10% of that is in the vagina. Uh, but those microbes, they must come from somewhere and uh, they are recruited partly from the gut microbiome and uh, kind of guided there. So eating healthy foods that contain fermented foods and lots of vegetables and fibers does not only influence our gut microbiome to the better, it also influences our vaginal microbiome. It's so interesting that the gut and the vagina microbiomes are so connected and I would never have thought that. So what are the consequences of a dysbiotic vaginal microbiome? What happens when it does get off kilter? You know, I know that it can cause bacterial vaginosis where too much of a kind of bacteria grows, which is somewhat ironically treated with antibiotics. But what else are we beginning to discover about the role that it has in our health? So at this point, there are some studies that point to an association. That means we can observe it in women with a dysbiotic vaginal microbiota, that they are more prone to infections. For instance, infections with viruses like HPV or human papillomavirus that in the long run can lead to the development of cervical cancer, uh, HIV infections. I think the risk is up to 60% higher in women with a dysbiotic vaginal vaginal microbiota to get infected and also common sexual transmitted infections. Another area is the, all the area of fertility. It's not very well studied yet, but we think that a dysbiosis leads to a more inflammatory condition in uh, the vagina, in the uterus, and that makes it more difficult for women to get pregnant. There are certain studies, smaller studies so far, that point to that a dysbiotic vaginal microbiota can contribute to preterm birth or other pregnancy complications like gestational diabetes, for instance. But we need more research to really understand the causality here. And it's research Ina herself is involved in. We are uh, running a very 
big pregnancy study here at our research center where we have collected samples from about 5,000 women early in pregnancy and then towards the second trimester of pregnancy and after delivery. And now we are looking into this potential to predict at the very early time point if a woman is at risk to deliver preterm. And our goal with that research is first to build very good predictive models. And we also include samples from the gut and the mouth, not only from the vagina. And then the second is to also develop treatments that are based on live bacteria. Based on research like Ina's, it could one day be possible for a pregnant woman to have her microbiome tested to assess her risk of preterm birth and other complications, and then receive a targeted bacterial treatment to reduce that risk, which would be pretty revolutionary. So Ina, if you do want to promote a healthy vaginal microbiome, how should you be encouraging the right species of lactobacilli to grow? Because, you know, I've seen everything from vaginal gummies, probiotics, you know, advice to eat yogurt, or perhaps even putting it on a tampon and inserting that. Do we know what actually works. <laughs> this is really interesting because it all comes back to that there is such a big insecurity about women's bodies and there is also very little support we get from the healthcare system that there is such a big market and so much influencers writing about easy treatments like vaginal gummies or whatever. So it is really commercialized, is building on women's insecurity how to handle their hygiene and their bodies so that they stay healthy. And most of it, what is on the market and that is promoted, is actually not really doing what it is supposed to do because it just doesn't contain the right type of bacteria. Fair enough. So it's good to be sceptical of products that claim they're good for your vaginal microbiome. But what do we know about what we should be doing or not doing? Don't wash your vulva and vagina with soap because then you kill off those healthy bacteria that are there to protect us. So just wash with lukewarm water. And if you don't feel that you get clean enough, you can use a neutral vegetable oil to wash yourself. If you have many different sex partners and unprotected sex, use a condom. And if you have reoccurring problems with dryness and imbalances and maybe bacterial vaginosis, it may be useful to use a, a menstrual cup so that your vagina not uh, stays in contact with blood for extended times. Avoid a very tight clothes and having underwear that contains synthetic fibers. So there are many kind of small things that are quite reasonable, which are easy to follow. But the most important is not to use soap and perfumes. Well, I'm glad to have your tips. And so looking forward, what do you think we need to learn about the vaginal microbiome? What do you think the most exciting questions are now? I think the most exciting question is... Uh, why are some women so stable with lactobacillus-dominated vaginal microbiome? And what is really the 
difference in the composition of the vaginal microbiome in the women that are not stable. And then we can really deep dive into what are the applications of that. Can we treat women that have problems to get pregnant? Can we improve the outcome of IVF? Can we detect early and prevent pregnancy complications? And when we have solved those immediate, really, really important questions, we can come to the more like lifestyle and feeling healthy. So there are so many areas, and, and but the basis is being able to understand what makes a vaginal microbiome unstable and how can we stabilize it. Well, Ina, it's been utterly fascinating and I can't wait to see what comes from this field because the way that you've described it, there's just so much to uncover. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for giving me the chance to talk about my favourite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again to Ina Schuppe-Koistinen. Now, you might have seen that measles cases in the UK and across Europe are rising. If you want to understand why and how governments are scrambling to get this back under control, check out today's episode of our sister podcast, Today in Focus, with science correspondent Nicola Davis. And that's it from us. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku. And the executive producer is Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Tuesday with our third and final exploration into the microbes that define who we are. Want to know why people tend to get eczema in their elbows? Or what really causes dandruff? We're exploring our biggest organ, the skin, and the bugs that live on it. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.